Welcome to episode 20 of MBS Virtual. I'm your host, Dirk Reince. I am the founder and event chair of MBS. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I created MBS with a pretty simple goal, to continue to push the industry forward by bringing marketers together to discuss the challenges and opportunities in the industry, network and learn from each other. We've hosted over 25 in-person events throughout the world in the past five years. Uh, given the current environment, we've launched this online virtual series to keep our community connected. If you're on Twitter or Instagram, please give us a follow and feel free to share anything you've heard today from today's speaker. Uh, you can use the hashtag MBSVirtual and we'll be sure to reshare it with our network. Also, you can visit our YouTube channel to listen to any of our previous episodes, including this one today. I encourage all of you to submit any questions you might have via the chat feature, and we'll be sure to address those at the end of the interview. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce our speaker, Allison Hoffman uh, from STARS. Allie, welcome and thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So you've been with STARS for about eight and a half years. Uh, previously, you were at AMC. Uh, can you share a little bit about your background and your current role? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I, I can't even believe I've been here for over eight years. It's gone really, really quickly. Um, I, was, I was on the East Coast in New York, um, and I started my career in entertainment at AMC, as you mentioned. Um, and I, I had come from management consulting, so um, I was really eager to get into a more creative field. And, and um, when I got the job at AMC, I was thrilled. <laughs> I just thought this is what I should be doing. Um, and, you know, sort of it was right as AMC was going into original production. So I just had the good fortune to walk into a job in marketing, which just felt like the best fit for me, but also, you know, basically um, get my first experience into marketing shows on, on shows like Mad Men and Breaking Bad and The Walking Dead. Um, and so it was a really exciting ride. Um, and I was, I was there for, I think, about six years, um, you know, um, in marketing, um, working with incredible creators like Matthew Weiner and Vince Gilligan. Um, and, uh, and, and then I, um, I had a, a couple of kids and I uh, took some time off and, uh, quickly decided that I, I wanted to get back into the business, um, and, and, uh, got a job offer from stars to be, um, the head of original programming, uh, original, uh, program marketing, um, and, and moved the entire family, um, out to LA. And so I started as the SVP of original marketing. Um, and uh, over the past eight years have just sort of continued to broaden my purview. So, you know, from originals marketing to, you know, overseeing things like creative services and digital, um, then sort of adding insights and analytics to the mix, adding programming and promotion calendar to the mix. Um, and so actually um, just earlier this year, um, I received a new title at STARS. Uh, I'm technically the president of domestic networks here. Um, and so, you know, broad purview of pretty much everything, you know, marketing related, and then a lot of the operational pieces um, that go into building the schedule, um, you know, ingesting and delivering content, 
um, and, and also um, the whole distribution network. So it added revenue responsibility to my role. Gotcha. And so for those that are not familiar with STARS, can you share kind of with the audience um, an overview of the company? Sure, yeah. Um, so STARS is a premium network. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we fully um, commit to premium programming and, and sort of everything that implies, you know, high quality, mostly scripted. Um, we have shows like um, uh, Power, you know, was a big show for us. We just launched the first spinoff, Power Book Two Ghost. Um, that is a show that is being franchised on our network. Um, Outlander, P-Valley, Hightown is a new show. So original, a, a pretty robust original scripted slate. Um, we also have first run movies, um, as well as a deep library of movies. Um, in terms of distribution, we manage a really complex ecosystem of distribution. So we are both in the traditional linear world, you know, you can get us through Comcast or DirecTV. Um, we also have sort of what we refer to as digital affiliate partners. So you can, you know, add a star a subscription over the top with players like Amazon and Hulu and Apple TV Plus. Um, and then we also have a direct to consumer uh, uh, app. And so um, we, are, we are actively managing that as well. Um, and so, you know, not surprisingly, you know, if you think again about my trajectory, moving from what feels like a much simpler world <laughs> um, when, you know, when sort of there was sort of one way and one system by which um, customers uh, got content. Um, now it's pretty, it's much more complex and you, you sort of manage managing a direct to consumer business as well as managing all of the relationships with the affiliate partners um, is sort of what we do as a team here at STARS. Gotcha. Um, kind of, can you share a little bit about the demographic of a, of a STARS customer? Yeah. Um, I think the single, you know, most salient thing about the STARS customer is <laughs> they tend to be women. Uh, women are driving the success of STARS, um, both in terms of consumption and viewership um, and in terms of acquisition. So um, that is part of our market positioning is, is, you know, we are a premium network, but we are a premium network that is really uh, serving what we feel are underserved audiences in the premium landscape. Um, so, you know, women in general have been underserved in premium, premium, premium networks really tend to skew male. Um, and then also the diversity, um, you know, we, we really skew, um, you know, we have a very high composition of African American viewers as well. Um, so that, that is sort of the, the, the main thing about, about our demographics. I think the other piece is, you know, again, what, like I said, we really want to be everywhere where the customer is consuming content. And so, you know, as you get into OTT and you don't need to buy through a traditional cable package, um, you can, you know, um, add a star subscription for $8.99 a month. Um, I think there's, there's more economic diversity to the premium audience that we're starting to see. Um, as well, which is which is really exciting, just more people being able to access our network and our content. Great. Um, obviously, with everybody being at home, you know, have you seen any changes or trends in terms of, you know, the engagement on the various platforms? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, obviously, we're in a pandemic. And I think all of the streaming services, including ourselves saw surges 
in acquisition and viewership, I think at the start of things. So I guess the first trend, and, and that, has, that has continued, I think people watching more, you know, people are home more, um, they don't have as many distractions and other activities, unfortunately, <laughs> um, but, but they are consuming, consuming more. Um, I, we do see trends, you know, we, we, and we're very, we're very cognizant of those trends. So, you know, there are different shows that perform differently um, on, on different distribution partners. So um, a show might pop, tend to pop more for us on direct to consumer. Um, and then there are other shows that might lean more into the world of Amazon or more in the, into the world of Hulu. Um, and so those audiences, um, they, they do sort of carve out differently. Um, and, and we do see different pops as well, depending on sort of what's going on. So, you know, say we have a movie that is a sequel. If there's a platform, like again, like a Hulu that has sort of the first installment of that movie, we might see a pop an engagement um, around stars related to what their content is. Um, I think that goes back to our business strategy. We're really sort of a complementary layer to, you know, all of these streaming services or to our traditional affiliate partners. Um, and so there's an, inter there's an interplay with the customer base of that platform and then what stars comes and brings to the table. We've had the opportunity to kind of talk to, you know, before today, 19 brands from across a lot of different industries, um, you know, and I'm just curious, how has your media strategy changed or evolved? Um, for an example, we've heard from quite a few brands that uh, out of home is becoming a big part of their strategy. Uh, can you mm -hmm. talk a little bit about how things have changed or evolved? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we really believe in sort of a full, you know, media mix and we're always sort of looking at our, our media mix model and, and trying to refine and hone it. Um, I think that the piece about the way we go to market is because we're driving subscriptions, we're not ad supported, um, we're not selling ads. Um, it's really about for us full funnel alignment. alignment. So, you know, knitting together the upper funnel which is, you know, the, the traditional entertainment marketing, the out of home, the, the magic, the television, <laughs> um, the big display on digital um, with the sort of hardworking conversion media that often happens on sort of search and social platforms um, to really sort of drive a sale. Um, and so I think in terms of how we go to market, it's, it's always a mix of all the vehicles that, that, you know, we've traditionally been looking at, but it's about sort of refining how those are connected and, and, and work together um, so that there's almost this handoff. So if I'm really driving awareness, demand, driving down intent through the middle of the funnel, and then really driving a conversion at the bottom of the funnel, um, that, that all of that is happening really fluidly. And that if we're seeing things pop um, in the bottom of the funnel, if we're seeing certain creatives pop, if we're seeing certain audiences engage more, that that gets filtered right back up um, to the upper funnel marketing team um, so that we, we can pivot really, really quickly. Sure. Um, so yeah, so that, that, that has been sort of a big advancement, I think, in our approach is, is really sort of, you know, that full funnel alignment across the organization. Mm -hmm. So obviously a lot of different industries have been affected in, in different ways. Um, how do you think this pandemic has changed the entertainment industry? And you know, what do you think things are gonna look like moving forward? 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, big, big impact. I think, you know, as, as I mentioned, I think people are watching more. Um, I think that the pandemic for entertainment has, has reinforced the value, I think, of streaming services and, and television services for viewers. Um, you know, obviously, you know, there's been a lot to manage on the, on the production side. Um, you know, pr productions had to sort of really, with the guilds and the unions, rethink um, how to safely produce shows. Um, and I think that work has been amazing, um, on, you know, on in a lot of aspects of the industry. Um, so I think, you know, I, I, I think it's been far reaching. I think, um, you know, even if I think about how writers, um, you know, used to sit in rooms together and break story and, and you know, the TV writing room used to be sort of Gary, you're in a room all day <laughs> together, physically breaking stories. Um, and now obviously that has changed. It's, it's more vir virtual. And I think there's also sort of more alone time that writers are having, um, more introspective time. Um, and and I, I wonder, I, I think I've heard a lot of writers say that that's been good. Um, that that's been sort of something that, that in a weird way has been a silver lining. Um, so, you know, I think it, it'll be interesting, not just in terms of the consumption side and how audiences interact with entertainment, but on the production side, you know, how will some of these adjustments that we've made in, in pre and production and post-production potentially stick with us for the long term? Gotcha. So there's been a lot of talk recently about data and you know how companies are using the, the first party data. You obviously sit on a lot of data. Um, how are you marrying kind of creative and analytics? Yeah, no, we, we are an incredibly um, data focused organization. Um, we, you know, we try to balance sort of the creative and the analytics um, of everything. We think that there's sort of a danger of leaning um, too much in one direction, um, you know, so, so the data is, um, you know, it's a signal to us, it's informing to us. Um, I think particularly on the marketing side, um, you know, we have gotten very, very good at a feedback loop, um, it, it, particularly in the direct-to-consumer world. So, you know, by way of an example, you know, if we see certain content affinities happening within our app, so we see somebody watching one original and then moving to a particular movie, let's say, um, we will take that and we will spin that up into an ad campaign um, to try to see if we can scale that. So, you know, observations that are happening within the product can launch marketing. Um, you know, we also do have done a lot of, of work in, in trying to understand what creative is working and, and not just working in general, but working in what environments. So we've done a lot of work in terms of, you know, real time management of, you know, how, how are people reacting to spots that we put out and are, you know, are they searching, are they engaging, um, and, and in, are they doing that overall or are they only doing that when we put them in certain environments? So maybe only certain creative in certain TV networks, mm -hmm. perhaps, <laughs> um, are sort of driving a response. 
Um, so, you know, we've, we've, and, and, but, you know, again, not to say we, we are very creatively driven. Um, and in general, we don't want to put anything out that we don't believe in creatively. Um, so, so I think it really is that balance, but, um, I would say, you know, it, the direct to consumer platform has been a windfall, um, for, for data for us mm -hmm. and learning how to, how to engage with that, how to, you know, when to use that as truth, when to use that and take it as a grain of salt is sort of an ongoing process for, for, for us as an organization, but also, you know, in particular for the marketing teams. Mm -hmm. Speaking of teams, kind of what does your team look like? internally and can you share any insights into you know working remotely with them and kind of communicating yeah um i mean in general you know we we have great um diversity and, and representation i think it stars um just you know i think i think the latest we we calculated i think 70 percent of sort of our executive team are women um, so that'll give you a sense, <laughs> um, a little bit how things roll here, uh, which makes sense if you think about the audiences we're serving. Um, we have a real balance. I, I think, you know, Dirk, related to your, your previous question, real balance of sort of creatively oriented people and more analytical um, skill sets. So if you think about, you know, originals marketing, um, that, that tends to be sort of more creative, um, creatively driven people. Um, people who are working with talent, working with showrunners, um, and and sort of marrying that skill set with growth marketing, which are more analytical, um, quantitatively oriented, performance marketing oriented, um, a little bit more um, mercenary, I think, about <laughs> what gets what gets to live in terms of marketing campaigns and what needs to be killed. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's this really nice balance. I would say culturally, um, you know, I, I would say across the board here, this is not a political place. This is a very egoless organization. Um, and, and that is sort of the through line that I see in a lot of the you know, the teams that, that I manage is people are really about the work, mm -hmm. um, which is, which is makes for a very happy place to work. Sure. Um, yeah. And then in terms of working remotely and communicating, I think, you know, we've, we've tried to stay very, very connected in, in this time. So I still have daily standups with my, with my leaders. Um, and sometimes those standups are a full 30 minutes. Sometimes they're a five minute check-in. Um, you know, and I think um, all the way down, we're just trying to, to make sure people feel connected, that we're all moving in the same direction, and, and also that we're really, um, you know, constantly calibrating to what matters um, so that we can kind of keep people focused and, and not do a lot of work that, that isn't sort of building to the larger goals mm -hmm. of, of driving the business. Um, both for people's sort of mental health <laughs> um, and also for the good of the business, but just, you know, really trying to stay connected and, and stay focused. So outside of your, your industry, what are some brands you look at for inspiration? Yeah, I, um, I think I get pulled in by a lot of direct to consumer brands. So, mm -hmm. you know, brands like um, the sill article um, Glossier uh, have a way of just like, you know, late at night, I'm making, <laughs> making some purchases and wake up to them. Um, I just think they sort of, you know, it's especially things that are like, uh, you know, home goods and home oriented, I think at this time, really wanting to sort of think about this, these surroundings that we're all living in that are not just work, it's sort of like 
you know, it's, it's, it's work and it's home and it's all blended together. So I think anybody who has sort of a good Instagram game, (laughs) um, I really admire. Um, I also think, you know, celebrity endorsements um, done in the right way Mm -hmm. are really interesting to me. I think there's sort of that inauthentic kind of hawking kind of approach that, you know, I don't respond to, but, you know, seeing, um, you know, when I saw some of this stuff come out for Mint Mobile with mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds, who yep. is, who is an owner, um, and it had such personality, it seemed so authentic that he was um, enthusiastic about the product. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was, I was pretty inspired by what he was doing. Yeah. Um, we got a couple questions that came in, but before that, um, obviously part of this, this series is um, preparing for the future. Uh, your industry obviously moves pretty fast. What are some things you think brands should be looking at in, in terms of preparing for the future? Yeah, I mean, I, one of the things I think we're really focused on is just the notion of brand. I think if we look at our industry, um, there's just a lot of streamers that are really sort of placing their bets on being everything to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, as I sort of, I think, alluded to, you know, that's not our strategy. You know, our first cut is we are premium programming. Um, And then, you know, secondly, we we are really interested in putting women and people of color in leadership positions on our shows Mm -hmm. and having that sort of define our brand and, and bring audiences um, who hopefully are really fulfilled by what, by what we're offering. Um, So I, I think in terms of, brands should be thinking about what they stand for and what they mean um, to consumers and sort of, I guess I would say, you know, more is not necessarily more yeah. in all instances. Um, and, and so that's, that's one thing, at least it, it aligns with sort of our strategy. And, and, and one thing we're really focused on is, 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 is really carving out a distinct position in the marketplace so that people know, um, who stars is and what we stand for, um, and that ladders up as well to you know other values mm-hmm. um, across the organization. So you had talked about shows. One of the questions was: Is there any specific content that seems to be more resonating or relevant right now, given this kind of time we're in? You know, that's a really great question. Um, one thing that we just saw really pop. And we have not had a lot of experience with Unscripted. Is a show called Seduced Inside the Nexium Cult. Um, so we um, we produced um, this this series. It's a four part um, documentary series. Um, it's about um, India Oxenberg, who was a part of the Nexium Cult, um, and sort of her mother, Catherine Oxenberg, and her her mother's journey to get her out. And, um, you know, that, I guess, before the election, I think now everything is very, you know, very election in politics, but right before we launched before the election, that in terms of buzz and, and also in terms of just driving new subscribers and a new audience that we hadn't seen before, really, really popped. And I think, you know, it just, it, it just seemed to be part of a cultural moment. Um, we, we also launched right before Keith Raniere, the leader of that cult, was sentenced to 120 years in prison. Wow. Um, so yeah, so I think I think everything really lined up. And 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 as I was saying, we we're 
we're not really in an unscripted, we're not in reality at all. We're not in unscripted in a big way. Um, we do fo focus a little bit more unscripted. And so to see that pop, to see that so successful and also driving new subscribers mm -hmm. um, to the service was really interesting to see. Gotcha. This is an interesting question that came in. What are, what are the challenges that you see in terms of marketing with this kind of, if you call it complicated ecosystem, obviously you have your direct consumer, um, but you know, is there any, I almost think of it almost like auto, auto, the auto industry or even say the QSR industry in terms of franchisees, do you have any hurdles or any challenges in terms of marketing like across the ecosystem outside of your direct to consumer business? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think it's just about sort of, you know, that idea of partner management and sort of partner relationship building. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it's, you know, if you were just programming for streaming, mm -hmm. there's sort of, I think, a <laughs> simplicity to that. Um, but, you know, when you get into what is your, what is your streaming schedule look like versus what does it look like on linear? And how are you managing time slots and, and things like that? That gets complicated. Um, as you think about sort of, yeah, direct to consumer versus sort of all of these affiliates um, and, and just sort of how to align everything and make sure everything is really coordinated. I think our best case scenario is that all boats rise, yep. right? So when we launch, everything's pointed in the same direction. You know, we're, we're pulling, um, our partners are pulling and everything sort of um, turns on and eventizes in a, in a syncopated fashion. And so there's just a lot of work in doing that. Um, and I think the other piece is data. Um, I think, you know, again, with our direct to consumer platform, we're getting real time data. We're getting, you know, I wake up every morning to, to multiple reports. Everybody throughout the organization is, is engaging with um, information or data on some level. Um, depending on their role. Um, and so a direct-to-consumer um, product allows you to have instant access. Um, and so with affiliates, um, you just don't have quite the same, you, you get you get information, um, but you get it on different schedules mm -hmm. and you get sort of varying degrees of depth. Um, so there's just complexity in that. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, that, that that's just a few of the things. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have one last question for you. It's a little bit of a curveball. What's your uh, What's your favorite show? Oh, my favorite show. <laughs> <laughs> um, as marketers, I think we can all agree we love all our children equally. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I do. I I love I love all the shows, and um, and I'm also a big I'm a big consumer um, of 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 programming sort yep. of w on all platforms, really, really a big, big TV buff. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks again, Allie. I really appreciate your time today. Um, over the next few weeks, uh, we'll be hosting uh, three or four more speakers, uh, Postmate, StockX, uh, JibJab, um, and we also just confirmed Zappos. Uh, please have any colleagues RSVP on our website if you think they'd be interested in attending this series. Thanks again to everybody that tuned in today and are watching this on demand. Uh, thanks, and we'll see you next Thursday.